way. Yeah, man, man, man. All out of options, nothing to choose. I pissed out on Netflix, I'm sick of the news. I sign up to Sky, but I don't wanna pay. I've been on furlough since May. <laughs> now I'll go and listen to a company at a joy. number 27 Ooh. George <laughs> it seems like 16, 27 episodes <laughs> 16 years yeah yeah it's like 16 years since we last saw each other yeah yeah it's been a but, while but that was the difference between the last episode and this episode 16 years yeah so some big big changes about to take place lots and lots of new people and um, yeah, we're all, look, we're all looking a bit older. Yeah, yeah, very, very, very exciting stuff. So, as always, it is me, your genial host, Mr. Andy Sledge, and my co host, and um, back working man on shift, <laughs> various options. Yes, so we are a little bit late this week. Apologies to all of our, yeah. our listeners and watchers. Both myself and George had work commitments this week. But yes, my co-host, Mr. George Bradley. Yeah. So, George, with an air of trepidation, what's been happening for you in the last 16 years? <laughs> or more importantly, the last week? Yeah, well, the usual, you know, work. And, uh, yeah, went, went to a friend's 50th yesterday, Michelle. You, you met her when we had our podcast day out. So, uh, yeah. But, I mean, I don't know, it must just be getting older or something. I mean, past five o'clock, if I go out in the afternoon, past five o'clock, that, that, that's me done. I just uh, <laughs> I, I just want to get in an Uber and come home. So I sort of, I was sort of the first to leave, you know. I could, I just, I just wanted to get home, get a Chinese takeaway and go to bed, you know. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I, well, I, I went to a barbecue yesterday around my mate's house. So I went and um, one of me, so my big mate who I go training with. Yeah, that looked pretty brutal. Uh, bit of a workout, yeah. Oh god, yeah. But I've, I've tweaked something in me back. So I went. Uh, we went. We, we 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 trained yesterday, and then I went to his house for a barbecue, and then obviously I was stood up, and I've got a bit of a dodgy back anyway. And if I stand yeah. up for too long, I start getting a bit of pain in the back. Oh. Or if I'm sitting down or lying down, you know what I mean. It doesn't really tend to affect me. But if I stand up for long periods of time, then yeah. start getting the old dodgy back. So I um I was obviously you know at the barbecue you know flipping burgers and and what yeah, have yeah. and um and then yeah and I sat down and then when I went to leave I went to leave I was like oh Jesus Christ and I had to go and pick my nipper up from work and that a um, nice little dog as well I seen in your yeah 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 he's just bought himself a little little puppy and that so yeah that was quite fun. Um, and yeah, so, and uh, yeah, unfortunately for me and our listeners and watchers, 
is the fact that I also have a different work commitment this week. So I've been working from home quite considerably. Um, I've actually got to go back into work in an office. So there's going to be probably lots more of these early morning, uh, early Sunday morning podcasts. Oh, that's fine. Um, I'm always up early. I'm always up early. Yeah, time yeah, anyway, so we're so. probably going to be doing a lot more recording at around this time. Mm. So... Apologies once again to yeah. our um, listeners and viewers. And if anybody out there has anything to say with regards to our lackadaisical attitude uh-huh. towards releasing episodes at Friday 10 a.m. or anything else that we've already covered in Series 1 or Series 2 um, or anything that they would like to point out that they think we're going to miss on Series 3, then feel free to contact us via email. And remember, abuse is always welcome. Yeah. Um, and uh, feel free to contact us via email on rvdazane again at gmail.com. That's uh, email rvdazane again at gmail.com. Um, please do follow us on all forms of social media or Instagram at rvdazane again podcast. Instagram at rvdazane again podcast. Twitter, please follow Twitter at Auf again. That's at Auf again. And please do like and share the Facebook page at Alvirzin again podcast. That's so, and also if you can invite your friends, so you search Alvirzin again podcast, like the page, then go to the community tab and invite all of your friends, and that would do us a favour. Please do subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't done so already. So go to YouTube, search Alvirzin again podcast, and so click subscribe and click that bell, and that will alert you to any new episodes. But as always, if the supermodel looks of me and George are not to your liking, or like me, you would prefer to listen in your motor vehicle, then uh-huh. please do listen on the audio platforms. We are available on all good podcast platforms, Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, and many, many more. And, well, we endeavour now, we, we, we've been so good for the previous uh, 26 episodes, and we're a bit slack on this one, but we will endeavour to continue to release new episodes every Friday at 10. I mean, we've done well, actually. This is just the first... I know, I know. I mean, for a, yeah. for a pair of absolute fucking idiots like me and you, <laughs> you know, to get this far without fucking up was something yeah. of a miracle. So, yeah. yeah, pat on the back for us, George. And, um, and as always, our uh, theme music is composed and performed by the guitar man, Mr. Lee Dosky. Um, so please, 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 please do like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. As always, the sponsor of our Beaters In Again is uh, Top Gun Tattooing of number 12, the Harris Arcade in Reading. And their website, topguntattoo.co.uk, their telephone number, audible, 189-968-667. And... As always, we have two fantastic offers available to the viewers and listeners of our podcast. Offer number one, you are entitled to a 20% discount off any tattoo with Zach at Top Gun Tattooing. And all you have to do in order to achieve this discount is use the code word 
Hannaway and Shine. So it was actually quite funny. There was a, a friend of mine was arguing with her husband. Yeah. Um, and she sent me a message on Facebook and she said, is Hadaway and shite a real Geordie t- term? And I <laughs> thought she'd been listening to the podcast. And I was like, well, yes, of course it is. She went, oh, just my husband mentioned something about it. I was like, oh, so you got to listen to the podcast and fuck you. Um, <laughs> but yes, um, Sonia, yes, oh. thanks for not listening to the podcast, but using abusing my Geordie knowledge. Um, not that she's going to hear that because she doesn't listen to the podcast. Yeah. Um, so yes, 20% discount of any tattoo with Zach from Top Gun Tattooing using the code Haraway and Shiteman. However, that is not all. Remember, we at our Vizian again are pioneers in the uh, free uh, gift podcast prize, uh, prize giveaway realm and mm. All of every single one of our listeners is entitled to a free tattoo. That's right. A free tattoo with Top Gun Tattooing. Terms and conditions apply. What are those terms and conditions I hear you say and uh, I hear you ask me? Well, that's very, very simple. The terms and conditions are that you, in order to get a free tattoo, you must get the Neville and Lottie tattoo. So if you get the Neville and Lottie tattoo, we will pay for it, film it and post it up and make you relatively famous amongst the viewers of our podcast. And I mean, come on, we're on the down, we're on the series three now. Now, nobody stepped up. So, George, I mean, it's looking more likely by the day that it's going to be you. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, we also have some other good... um, So, that's the sponsor, yeah? We also have a winner-winner chicken dinner. Chicken dinner. So, our latest giveaway was... They picked the original signed picture, copy, copy, of the seven in Dusseldorf. And the winner for this is none other than Mr. T. Hey, the now, Mr. T. Now, I'm gonna I'm gonna make the assumption that it's not the blue, <laughs> the bloke that was in the, the 18. I ain't getting on no plane. <laughs> Apparently, we well, ain't entering no podcast competitions either, George. But the man who's won it is that his Twitter handle is Mr. T, the real Titan number 11. And a bio, it says on his Twitter bio that he is a professional wrestler. Oh, now we saw Mr. T. We are going to be contacting you, or if you listen to this first, please do send us your real name and address. And if you have any footage of yourself wrestling, Please do send that in because we <laughs> would like to share that with our uh, with our viewers on our Be the Zane Again podcast. So yes, Mister T, the real Titan number eleven, is the winner winner chicken dinner of this uh, original signed picture, and we will be posting that out forthwith. Let me just. Was well, he an American wrestler? Or no, no, I think it's. He it, um, doesn't have that many followers. Uh, now, neither do we. That's not a bad thing. But what I'm saying is, is because he doesn't have that many followers, um, I'm assuming it's some uh, in the lower leagues of uh, uh, English wrestling somewhere. So he's more than likely, you know, wrestling out of some sports hall in Western Supermare yeah, than he yeah. is the O2 Arena with Vince McMahon. So, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, 
He sounds the like Undertaker. <laughs> he sounds like a fantastic chap. And uh, yes, he was uh, the man that uh, entered. In fact, he tagged six of his friends in the pool. Oh, good man, but Mr. T. You are winner, winner, chicken dinner. So please do contact us with your details, and we will send that picture out. Now, so <clears throat> we have a brand new giveaway, 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 giveaway. Mm. So what we are going to do is this is actually going to be a two-part giveaway. Oh. Well, a giveaway with two prizes. So um, this is, um, we're down, I've got to actually send a message to Graham Teasdale. Yeah. These are the last items that Graham has sent us. And Graham did say that when we ran out, he would send us some more. So, uh, Graham, if you are watching, we are. These are the last items. If not, I will send you that message. So, what do we have here? We have um, another genuine signed picture, copy, copy of the lads outside the Barley Moor, by the looks of things, from Series Two. And that is the first part of the prize. So, the first part is your genuine signed picture copy and the second prize was actually something i was going to use myself but i've decided to sacrifice it and give it away and we have our win freshener car air freshener so this is you've got your car air freshener with your little win dangly bit and you attach <laughs> the two together and that will make your win car air freshener what's the word here there you go, Cockney air freshener. So the two parts of the prize is the picture and the air freshener. So what do you have to do to win these amazing prizes? I hear you ask. Well, as always, nothing that stressful, but it's the same as the same thing. What do you need to do? You need to go to our social media channels. On those social media channels, there will be a special post dedicated to this giveaway you need to follow that social media channel you need to like that post you need to tag three friends in the comments and you need to share that post so share it to your timeline on facebook retweet it on twitter and share it to your story on instagram and tag us in that story and that will enter you into the competition you can enter as many times as you like for every set of three friends that you tag that will be classed as one entry the more you enter the greater the chance there is of you winning just like mr t so that is the new giveaway competition. Be like Mr. T. Well, absolutely. What an absolute legend Mr. T is. So that is um, that is the uh, that is the new giveaway competition, and we shall be uh, monitoring that over the next couple of weeks. Now, obviously, there are so many. So this is our sorry, under the episode. Mm. So series, uh, like I say, episode 27 of the podcast, which is series three, episode number one. And we're back in the Northeast. Hey. So why I man, how are you the lads? I'll repeat. Um, and uh, it is called Bridging the Gap. 
Isn't that the name um, of the theme tune? Is that Why I Man? That's, Why uh, I Man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the, that, yeah, the theme tune written by Mark Knopfler. Yeah. Um, specifically refer. I think it talks. It, it uh, the the lyrics are about series one. I think it's basically a song about the series one of our. Oh, people. Right, right. I always listen to it in the car when ah. I'm driving up to Newcastle. I like so. What I've done is, is, is I've got a playlist on Spotify, which is all yeah, yeah. and songs. So it's um. Uh, you know, I'm coming home, Newcastle. Um, uh, you know, um, uh, like um, you know, the Bladen races, um, you know, all that stuff. Um, yeah. And uh, and when we get to like when me and me nipper, when we get to like when we get north of Leeds, yeah. and we're in the car, we'll put the we'll put the Geordie playlist on, <laughs> uh, and uh, and we'll sing along. So yeah, so that's one of the songs. So it's a, a fantastic song. So yes, so um, so yes, yeah, so this episode. It's, I mean, it, to be honest, it was, I mean, this episode was first aired on the 28th of April, 2002. Yeah. So that's nearly 20 years, years ago. ago. <laughs> I mean, that makes me feel old. I know. Sure. I was know, 36. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I'm like, I'm like, Jesus Christ, 2000. I was like, that was that it? It seems like it wasn't that long ago. When they brought it back, but anyway, yeah. yes, two thousand. When I saw the when I saw the date on IMDb, I was like, "What?" So anyway, so like I say, the the last episode of series two was on the sixteenth of the fifth, uh, the sixteenth of May, nineteen eighty six, mm. and this one was on the twenty eighth of April, two thousand and two. So just under sixteen years, oh. and they keep saying fifteen years in the in the uh, in the episode. So obviously, um, you know, they filmed it yeah, yeah. fifteen years, and by the time they'd filmed it, what have you? So, um, there are so many new characters mm. and new people that we obviously we you know, in order to talk about them all at once, would just you know. We'd need five episodes just to do that. Yeah, yeah. What, what I've done is I've tried to select um, some poignant ones that need to be talked about immediately, um, but also if they're like there's a couple that only appear in this episode. Yeah. So um, if they only appear in this episode, we'll try and talk about them now, and then um, we'll you know we'll catch up with others. Uh, you know, as we continue, you know, ones yeah. that reoccur throughout the series, um, you know, we will catch up with those as we uh, as we do. So there's lots of lot there's lots of locations to talk about as well, um, and some of them are very very local in Newcastle, and some of them are very very local to me, which is quite mm. surprised. Good, good. And one of them, in fact, um, I'm even going. I go past there all the time, so I'm going to be taking a picture, but I'll tell you about that later. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yes, so... The... So the episode um, opens up, and... And also, oh, bear, and, and remember as well, we're now no longer on the BBC, is it? It's changed to ITV. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, right. The other way around. Was it on I? Yeah, that, that was on ITV. It's changed to the BBC. So, um, yeah. So they 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 bought it. Anyway. Right. So, so the the episode opens up and it is it's a scene in the desert and obviously as we find out later on it's in Arizona. Yeah. 
and um, and there's you know Native American chanting, yeah. you know, hey, 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 like that, um, yeah. you know, going on, and the camera pans across, and we see a picture of a Native American. Uh, we see a, sitting on the edge of a canyon, and as we find out this later on, this man is called Joe, mm. and then it cuts to the Angel of the North. Yeah. What an absolutely beautiful sight. I've never actually, I've never actually seen it. I've never been there, you know, to see it. Well, we should rectify that at some point in the near yeah, yeah. George. So when you're basically, when you're driving up to Newcastle yeah. and you come past Washington and you're coming in, you're coming through Gateshead, you come yeah. in and you're on the A1, as you like, so you're coming down, so you've got it, there's a, there's like a trading estate in Gateshead called Team Valley. And yeah, you, and there's the Metro Centre, which is like a massive shopping centre there. And yeah. so you come down into Team Valley and then you go round the trading estate and round the Metro Centre. And as you're coming down into Team Valley, you look up in the gate and the Angel of the North's there on the right. Must side. be pretty big. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it's massive. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, yeah, it's it always signifies that you're home, you know. Yeah. Um, and then it cuts down. And we see Dennis driving a car, a taxi. Yeah. And not oh, looking too happy. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't look too happy. And in the back of the taxi, he has Butch Dingle from Emmerdale. That's it, yeah. Well, the, ca the character is called Tommy Rampton. Now, here is our first new character who only appears in the one episode. Mm. Now... A couple of interesting facts about him. So Tommy Rampton, or as everybody knows him, Butch Dingle, yeah. was played by an actor called Paul Lochran. Lochran, Lochran. Anyway, he was originally from Northern Ireland. So, oh really? I didn't know that. Yeah. So I'm assuming that his accents that he portrays, both in this and in Emmerdale, um, were Schneider accents. Yeah. Because there is something very... The, the most interesting thing about him I will come on to, he only has 25 credits on IMDb. So following his... So he was in... He, he did a, a bit in the Darling Buds of May, but then his most... He, the thing he's most well-known for is he was Butch Dingle in Emmerdale and he appeared in 584 episodes Bloody of Emmerdale. Mm. I mean, he was in it for years and years and years, mm. and years and then he left Emmerdale and then hasn't really done much since. Mm. He was in an episode of Ideal as a rat catcher. He was in The Bill. He was in a, a Coronation Street and he was in Casualty. However, the most interesting fact, I think, during the 1980s, he was the voice of Jerry Adams. Oh, when the uh, the band come in. They yeah, weren't allowed George! To... Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Margaret Thatcher wouldn't allow them to speak with her own voices. George, yeah. there you go. I, I mean, I was probably a bit too young for that um, to remember, but yes. No, you, I remember it well. Yeah, George, yeah. you have just hit the nail right on the head. Yeah, so during the 1980s... I mean, it was pretty ridiculous, to be honest with you. I know. So during the 1980s, during the Troubles, 
Um, as you've just clearly said, George, the, um, uh, there were certain individuals connected to the IRA, uh, and Jerry Adams being one of them, that they, would, they, they weren't allowed to broadcast their genuine voice. Yeah. So they had to get someone to... In oh, in it, it was ridiculous. It was uh, you know, they had to get someone to uh, you know, uh, you know, fake up you know, the voice. Yeah. And, um, and, and Paul Loughran was chosen... To be the the chosen voice of Jerry Adams <laughs> or, during the 1980s, when there was anything on the news or the TV, and he's like, "We are not responsible for bombs." Yeah, you know, all of that. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. that wasn't actually Jerry Adams. That was this chap. So there you go. That's exactly what he was uh, famous for. But yes, like I say, for me, uh, he's called Tommy Rampton in uh, this episode. But we all know him as Butch Dingle. So, Butch Dingle, he's in the taxi and he says, he goes, you've been smoking again, haven't you? Talking to Dennis. And he says, I had one before I picked you up, like. He goes, I've told you loads of times, I don't want to smell that shit first thing in the morning. Crack your window. And he goes, it's, and Dennis says, it's freezing, man. He goes, I'd rather that than die of cancer. Your cabs are picked, Dennis. I mean, his, his accent's pretty pony. It's definitely like, you know, it's not a Jordan mm -hmm. accent. Um, and Dennis says, you don't own it. And he says, Tuesdays and Fridays, I do. A car reflects its owner and you look like shit in all. <laughs> um, and then the, the, the cab pulls up and um, this is uh, in um, a part of Newcastle, called Bladen, hence the saying, the Bladen, the, cha the song, The Bladen Races, because ah. if you look down in the back, the, there's a bridge in the background, and that's called the Chain Bridge, ah. I think, if memory serves me correctly. Someone may correct me on that, but I'm pretty sure it's called the Chain Bridge. So, um, yeah, so when you, basically, when you come from the Metro Centre, you come past the Metro Centre on the A1, there's now a massive bridge that goes over the, like, over the, over the, over the river. And if yeah. you look down to the right, you can see the Chain Bridge. But sometimes if the traffic's bad, you can cut across the Chain Bridge into Bladen, and then you're on the Scotswood Road and that. So, um, but yes, that is, that is a, a, that, that where he gets out the car and he starts serving up gear, um, that's, the locals. Uh, that's, that's, yeah. in, that's in Bladen, yeah. And so then obviously, so Tommy Rampton gets out the cab. He's uh he's obviously he's obviously knocking out gear to um he's obviously knocking out gear to these oh my coffee machine's just making a, a, a noise there once again. Apologies to the listeners for my uh Nespresso machine. Mm -hmm. Um and then Dennis lights up, lights himself up a cigarette and he holds up an envelope. And um, you know, there's a he's got a bit of a sort of forlorn look uh, yeah. to that. Now we so we're gonna do a lot of this. So this obviously, because this episode they've been away for so long, there's a lot of chopping and changing from scenes in this episode. Yeah, because obviously what they're doing is they're setting things up. And mm -hmm. so they're, they're winding things up from the last time and they're setting things up from this time. So they cut to Neville and Neville's sitting in an office mm. and there is a beautiful young Foxy. lady. Mm. There's a beautiful young lady and she's um, she's doing a lipstick 
and Neville is quite taken with this girl doing a lipstick. He's like, she, and he's there. Uh, he can imagine, you can imagine what's running through uh, Neville's mind. Yeah. And um, and then he, she sort of catches him leering, and he uh, he's like, uh, when 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 did he say they were coming? And the young lady's name is Lorraine, and she says, "Do you like this shade?" Me man says it makes me look like a harlot. Uh-huh. And that sort of puts Neville on the back foot. He's like, what? Uh, uh, no, uh, not at all. Uh, very vibrant. So Neville's quite uh, quite impressed with young Lorraine's lipstick. And, and she says, when's who coming? And he says, the Vatman, the phone last night. She says, oh, yes, next Thursday, they're coming from York, they said. And then Neville sees an, a, a, an envelope in his post, the same as what Den was, um, was looking at. Now, we then cut again. Moxie, Moxie taking the bins out of a nightclub. Mm. Now, this nightclub is in Uxbridge. It's Liquid and Envy nightclub, if it's still called that. But yes, oh. so this was obviously filmed at Pinewood Studios. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pinewood Studios is in Iver near Slough. Yeah. And a lot of the locations that they are using is in um is in and around that area. And we're gonna talk about them uh, you know as we get further in. So yes, yeah, so the first look, and obviously this is not too far from me. So as as we all know, I live in Reading. Uxbridge is, you know, I mean, I wouldn't want to walk it, but, you know, you go down to Slough, you take a left, and you're in Uxbridge, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, And, uh, and yes, so we see Moxie taking the bin out, and then he goes into the office, and we see um, some dodgy-looking characters. Yeah, extremely, yeah. And one of them is, uh, as we find out, is uh, the, the gangland boss, Mickey Startup, and a couple of his heavies. <laughs> and um, and so Mickey startups like counting some money and his heavies are, are lurking around in the background. And so Moxie enters the office and Mickey startup just says, yeah. And Moxie's very groveling. He says, I'm sorry, I'm, t- I'm sorry to uh, trouble you, Mr. Startup. But I was wondering if I could have a day off. And he looks at me and he goes, a day off? And mm. he goes, the day after tomorrow, to be precise, funeral. Someone died. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's that often happens at funerals. That, that's normally how it works, Moxie. Yeah. And he goes, family. He goes, uh, no, not exactly, just someone. And he goes, what? And you need a whole day off for that. And he says, it's in Geordie land. Mm. And uh, he goes, do you want your train fare as well? Uh, and um, and he goes, uh, no, no. And um, anyway, we cut. Uh, yeah, and so where we obviously this is the first time they mention a funeral. Yeah, and what you I've got it. I was trying to sort of cast my mind back to think about what was going through my mind when I first watched it because yeah, obviously yeah. now we know what's about yeah. to happen 
Yeah. There's no real surprise, but obviously we've already seen Dennis. Yeah. We've already seen Neville. Yeah. And now Moxie says that the funeral is up in Geordieland and we haven't seen Oz yet. No. So it sort of drops a hint at the fact, well, A, there's a funeral, and B, at whose funeral it is. Mm. So we're like, ooh, that's a bit uh, thingy. But then we cut to Barry driving a Bentley. Ugh. Cigar in hand, classical <laughs> music playing. And, um, and then Barry picks up his phone and he calls. And we see the beautiful Tatiana. Oh. I think this is quite funny, actually, this, this whole relationship. With oh. these, it's just so obvious what's happening, but you just don't get it. Well, love is blind, as they say sometimes, George. Oh, yeah. And, um, and so Tati, the beautiful Tatiana is on a scheme, is on the scheme machine. Barry calls and she, she grabs the phone. She's like, hello, who's this? And, you know, obviously, I'm pretty sure that, uh, you know, caller ID was still a prevalent thing in 2002. Mm. And she goes, who? And he goes, who do you think, my little huggy bear? And she goes, Barry, Barry. I love the way she says Barry, Barry. Barry, <laughs> I on ski machine, can't talk now. And he goes, does that mean you're wearing those tight black leotard? And she goes, ha, you call me when you are coming back. Anyway, so we cut back to Dennis and, you know, we've gone from, you know, the luxury of Barry in his Bentley. We now yeah. cut to Dennis in a public toilet having a oh, shower. And, um, and yes, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that that is, uh, you know, it'll be a, you know, a TV set somewhere. Yeah. But, you know, I can only imagine... Well, I mean, I'm pr I'm pretty sure I've probably been for a piss in a, in a in a in a toilet at Newcastle Central Station at some point in my life, but yes, I can imagine that you know having a shave in the public toilets at Newcastle Central Station probably isn't the most hygienic thing you could ever do. Yeah. And um, so Dennis is having a shave, and there's a cop checking the checking the bugs, and Dennis says, "What are you looking for?" And he says, "Druggies or dossers? and he says, "Well, I'm neither. I've been driving a cab all night." I need a shave and a clean shirt, all right? And the copper says, station rules, you can use the bog and that's it. It's not the Savoy. And Dennis says, well, I've just used the bog. Do you want to stick your head around trap three there and check the evidence? <laughs> and, um, and then we cut to somebody we've never seen before. Yeah. And again, I was trying to sort of remind myself of what I would be thinking if I was watching this for the first time. And, you know, mm. you'd be like, who on earth is that? Now, even though he, even though he does, he, did, he is a repeat character, we are going to mention uh, young Wyman. So as we find out, this chap is called Wyman and he is played yeah. by a very young looking Noel Clark. Now, yeah. As some of our people may, or some of our listeners may know, Noel Clark has recently got himself into a wee bit of a wee spot of bother, yeah. uh, and yeah. he's been me tooed. But you know, put it this way: never sexually assaulted me, so I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, innocent until proven guilty. Yeah, so, yeah. 
Um, Noel Clark, a very talented young man, um, got 62 credits on IMDb. Um, started out in the usual sort of the Bill Casualty Holby City, but then he um, wrote and starred in Kiddlehood, Adulthood, etc., uh, Brotherhood, his own films. He was in Doctor Who. He wrote a very. He wrote and starred in a very yeah. good. He's film. not a bad actor, actually. He's, uh, he's pretty good. He, well, there's a, he, he wrote and starred in a very good film called Four Three Two One. Have you ever seen that? No, no, no. I would highly recommend that. It's like one of them no. films that's like like four separate, like four separate stories that sort of all intertwine. It's oh, real, right, yeah. real good. Um, he was in a film called Screwed. Um, he starred in a TV series called Bulletproof with that Ashley Walters. I recently watched that. That was that wasn't too bad. Um, you know, a bit cheesy, but you know, good enough. And he was in that there was a film released recently called SAS Red Notice, which was yeah. average at best. Um, but yes, so Noel Clark. Interesting fact. Um, Noel Clark, I have spoken to Noel Clark on the telephone. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. What was that all about? Many, 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 many years ago, he did this thing where he obviously like he bought like a like a like a burner phone, and yeah. he um, he said he was going to speak to some of his fans, and he put the number up on Twitter and yeah. said, "Call me," and so I did. Set <laughs> the phone, like there was oh. like, tried, like it was one of those like it was constantly engaged for a bit, and then I just waited. And then, like, I was, like, I dialed it, and he answered the phone, and, yeah, we had a wee chat. I mean, this was years and years and years ago. But, yes, he was, um, and uh, he's he's a big fan of mixed martial arts. So he oh. comes to a lot of the shows and stuff like that. So he, he knows a lot of people that I know. So we had a, we had a chat about that. And, uh, you know, he was a sound bloke. So, um, you know, if I had the opportunity, I'd love to get him on the podcast. But I think he's keeping his head down at this particular yeah. time. Yeah. So that is Noel Clark. Like I say, who is playing Wyman? So, like I say, this young chap who we don't know, we're like, who's this? He comes up to a cab and he says, King's Cross, mate. And he, the cab driver says, jump in. And he says, nice one. Anyway, so then we cut back to Dennis and he's outside Newcastle Central. Oh, well, he's inside Newcastle Central Station. And he's walking over the bridge. That is right in the middle of the of the, of the train station, and um, and then he walks outside, <clears throat> and Nev is waiting outside Newcastle Central Station for him. That's like right in you know I mean the Newcastle Central Station is a very very busy place, and yeah, yeah. you know in order to shut that down and, and film it, you know I don't I mean that would that would have been a fairly mammoth task yeah. to complete. So I was very surprised that they actually did that. But um, anyway, so obviously, you know, Dennis sees Neville. He's like, Nev, and he's like, hello, Den. And he's like, how are you? He's like, I great. And Neville says, new Ben since I last saw you. He says, I. And he says, another girl, Callista. And Dennis, mm. and Dennis says, Callista. And he says, oh, Brenda's a oh. big Ali McBeal fan. Oh, as I was in the 90s. Yeah. Absolutely loved it. Yeah. Never watched an episode. Oh, that sort, isn't that, isn't that sort married to Harrison Ford? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and uh, also the girl, the girl, the blonde girl in it, um, Portia, um, she's married to the American lesbian one, uh, um, Ellen. Oh, is she? 
Yeah, yeah, very, very uh, nice looking woman. Yeah. But bats for the other team, does she? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, big time. <clears throat> oh well, some a bit of a waste there for us, George, because you might yeah, have had a yeah. chance. You might have had a chance. Ah well, you know, always good to watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, not something I ever watched. So glad that you knew what knew what there was on about there. Um, Den says, nice car. And he says, so can you believe this? Was he ill? And again, sort of hinting of, of what's happened. He says, I've no idea. I haven't heard from him in years. And he says, why did he have the weight on side?" And he said, he must have moved there. And again, Dennis and, uh, you know, Dennis and Neville are, you know, sort of hinting that it's Oz that's dead. <clears throat> and so we see an overhead shot of them crossing the Tyne Bridge. And Dennis, and then you hear Dennis say, he says, it's a terrible thought, you know, when you realise, you look at the arc of a man's life and he was born in Newcastle and he died in Middlesbrough. So mm. we then cut to the actual wake and we see that it is indeed Oz's funeral. There's a picture of Oz and there's black yeah. and colours. <laughs> and Bomber is there on his own. And there's a landlady bringing sandwiches out. And Bomber says, let me help you. And she says, thank you, Pet. You're the first to arrive. And he says, looks like it. And she says, sad, always are on these occasions. Was he a relative? And Mama says, no, but he was a good oppo long time ago. And um, we then cut straight back to Neville and Dennis, who are yeah. waiting on this side of the, the, the new, obviously, well, one side, we don't know which side it is, but yeah, I'm assuming it's the north side of the transporter bridge. So this is the first yeah. opportunity that we see, that we get a chance to see the transporter bridge. And if we if we do do a road trip, George, we'll have to make sure yeah. that we encompass the transporter bridge. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Neville and Dennis wait for the, 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 the what are the, what are, what's the word? The... The gondola. Is it the gondola? Yeah. Is that the word for it? The the fucking the, the, the carriage, like the thing that goes like that's on the wires? I don't know. Oh, mm. I can't remember the name, what they use, but yeah. Gondola. That's what they call them things on um on cable. In Venice. <laughs> no, no, but a gondola is also what they call, you know, on a cable car lift. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're called gondolas. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah. So um Anyway, so we see the transporter bridge. And so Dennis and Neville are waiting for their, the, 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 the thing to come back and get them. And Dennis says, what a miserable day, sort of day you get your dog put down. And Neville says, sort of day that you contemplate mortality. Now, we see a motorbike coming around the corner, very badly driven, and it skids at the end of the slipway and um, goes over. And Dennis and Neville run, and Moxie's lying there. Now... Moxie is, you know, comes on the corner driving a motorbike badly. Now, yeah. Moxie has driven this motorbike from Liverpool, right, oh. to Middlesbrough, which <laughs> is 100, 150 miles, you know, yeah. 100, like even if it's 100 miles. So he's driven it 100 miles and then he gets round the corner from his destination and then he goes wonky and he crashes it. Yeah. We'll, you know, we'll leave it up to the viewer to, um, you know, to cast aspersions upon the legitimacy of Moxie driving the bike. Anyway, so Moxie's lying there, uh, you know, on the edge, 
Um, the bike's gone in the water, and Dennis and Neville go, Moxie! And he goes, and Dennis says, you're all right. He says, I think so. I borrowed it. I've never ridden one before. It's sunk. And then they cut, and they're on the transporter. And um, Moxie says, strange part of the world, isn't it? And Neville says, yeah. And, he says, and, and Moxie says, they're not Geordies here, right? And Neville, offended, says, certainly not. And he says, so what other then? He goes, they're just people from Middlesbrough. And Dennis, quite rightly, says, smoggies. Smoggies, yeah. Yeah, smoggies. I've heard that before. Yeah, well, so Middlesbrough is basically an art, like a very industrial area. And there was a big ICI factory there. And obviously, yeah. you know, a lot of these big factories would produce a lot of smoke and smog. So yeah, that's yeah. why we Geordies call them smoggies. And... Um, and so Neb says, God knows how Oz fetched up here. Dennis says, I still, and obviously now, so he's, you know, it's all been revealed. And Den says, I still kind of get my head around it like. And Moxie says, he didn't like me at first in Germany. It was because I was the last to arrive and he didn't want another body in the billet. But I soon won him over. And Dennis straight away says, you won him over, Moxie, because you had a dartboard. That was <laughs> the only reason any of us let you in. And Moxie says, all this time I thought it was me charm. Anyway, we cut back to the pub. Now, so the pub yeah. is... Um, right, where are we? So, hold on. Ooh, hold on. Oh, for Christ's sake. Right, here we go. Sorry. So the pub is actually two separate locations. So the yeah. outside of the pub is in Middlesbrough. Yeah. And yeah. it is a pub called the Captain Cook in Middlesbrough. Ah. Now, fortunately, unfortunately, whichever way you want to look at it, um, that pub is no longer in existence. It's closed down. Mm. There's a lot of pubs have closed down. Mm. Yeah. And the inside of the pub was filmed in rye slip. So you couldn't oh. probably get two more contrasting areas, Middlesbrough and rye slip. It used to be called the Clear Pigeon, and it's now called Venue 5 in rye slip. So like I say, the outside, Middlesbrough, the inside, rye slip. Um, so, um, yeah, so we see the outside of the pub, which is actually in Middlesbrough, and there's a kid watching Barry's car. And so there's well, there's two kids there. One kid's gardening it, another kid's trying to have a have a have a have a have a, have a, have a uh, touch it up. And the first kid says, "I oh, back off." And he says, "How much did the rich twat pay you to guard it?" <laughs> and he says, "Never mind, get your hands off the paintwork, will you?" And then Neville and Dennis and Moxie pull up. And Neville says, "That's a bit special, isn't it?" And uh, Moxie says, "Someone's doing all right, aren't they?" So. They, um, they cut to the inside, and Barry is, and have you noticed, so we hear Barry, and there's a little bit more of a plum in Barry's voice these days. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. His whole voice is, his whole demeanour, everything yeah. has changed. <laughs> so, yeah, you give him a few quid, yeah. and, um, and he changes. And he obviously mentions it later on, but Barry is now no longer the radish. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah. you know, he's got a, he's got a few quid. He's got a nice motor. He's got a fit bird, and yeah. uh, he's doing very very well. 
And um, yes, he's very well spoken. So he says, one of my most vivid memories of Oz is him preparing for a night out. Clean shirt, clean pair of kecks. Well, that's clearly not true. And he says, and before he went marauding into the Dusseldorf night, he dipped his fingers in the chip pan and run them through his hair. And then Dennis walks in. He goes, Dennis! And um, and Neville says, hello, lads. And Bomber says, Neville, Bomber, Moxie, hello, man, hello, Barry. And um, and Barry says to Moxie, he says, God, you've changed the you've changed less than anyone. And Moxie says, you've changed the most. That's not your Bentley out there, is it? And he says, afraid so. And Neville says, never. And he goes, and Moxie says, bloody hell, what did you do? Win the lottery or something? And he goes, hard graft, son. He goes, no, I've been very fortunate. And he goes, and yourselves, how about you lot? And um, and obviously they they you know they make a, you know they make a, a, you know a light of what they're doing and and uh, Mox, yeah. there's a catering you know working in a kitchen and Dennis says transport and Neville says I'm still in the building trade self-employed prefabricated houses and he says great and he said and Dennis says what about you bomber and bomber's like oh uh, this and that and he says we were wondering if anyone know what happened to him how did he uh, die like and then they all gather around the picture. And uh, Neville says, I didn't even know his real name. And Barry then inquires, who's uh, who's organised all this? And Bomber says, the old dear who brought the sandwiches didn't know. Moxie says, he had an ex-wife, didn't he? And Dennis says, Marjorie, that's it. And he says, nah, wouldn't have been her. She moved to Carlisle. And Neville says, why? He goes, what do you mean, why? He goes, well, have you been to Carlisle? I have. And he goes, well, presumably she got another bloke, but nah, she wouldn't have been, she wouldn't have sprung for this. There was no love lost. And Bomber says, it really doesn't matter, does it? The point is we have come to mourn his passing. It's hard to think that we'll never hear that big booming gob again. And Dennis says, Wayne's not here. Anybody heard from him? And Barry says, well, he was always jobbing abroad, wasn't he? I got a card from him from the Gulf once. What did it say? Sand everywhere. Can't get a drink, but there's hundreds of Irish nurses desperate for a shag. That was him, mm. wasn't it? And uh, so Moxie says, so we're waiting for him, or what? Or can we make a start on the Sarnies? And everyone says, ah, yeah. So, Bomber says, maybe we should observe a moment's silence first. And obviously Moxie's already tucking into a sandwich, and uh, Barry says, oh, yeah, mark respect. <coughs> so they all gather, and, and, and Barry says... And uh, he says, as I was saying, a couple of years ago, I was trying and, and we cut and Barry's now, you know, telling the story of how he made his money. He says, as I was saying, a couple of years ago, I was trying to sell me car, a larder. Moxie says, you mean one of them Russian rat traps? He says, yeah, no takers. Then I met this bloke, Caddy, from Moscow. And he told me that larders have become something of a status symbol back home. So we mm-hmm. bought up as many cars as we could get our hands on and shipped them back there. And he said, that's how you made your money. He says, no, not all of it. <clears throat> now, he says, because we didn't stop there. You see, he says, we parlayed our profits into surplus food, you know, exporting the stuff from supermarket chains that's past its sell-by date, marmalade, packet soup and sauces and the like. And he and Bomber says, you mean they're not so choosy over there? And he says, they're not, Bomb. Some young Russian soldier shivering, shivering in a shell hole in Chechnya, eating his bit of boiled dog, is not fushed about the date on his tomato ketchup sachet. Mm. He says, no, but he says, the big prize for me, fellas, is not the money, not the port de house or the car. No, he says, but meeting my partner's sister, 
Tatiana, a beguiling beauty from the Urals, who is the current Mrs. Taylor. Oh, and who will be anxiously awaiting my return, even as we speak. Bonner says, <coughs> you're not going already. <coughs> and Barry says, oh, he says, it's been very lovely in that bomb. He says, but I think we've done enough talking about the good old days, don't you? And Neb says, most of what's been said is clouded by sentiment. I mean, apart from the fact that we were young, it wasn't the most elevating time of our lives, was it? I mean, we slept in a hut, we lived off fried food, and we got pissed with strangers. I mean, I'm sorry Oz has snuffed it, but face it, most of the time he was with us, he was just inspired disgust and derision. And then, back from the dead. Yeah, there he is, yeah. Oz appears in the doorway in the background and he says, and again, Oz, a little bit more well-spoken than before. Yeah, yeah. And smarter. <laughs> yeah, obviously a lot smarter. He says, I cannot argue with that, Nev. I was a monster. And um, and Dennis says, what the bloody hell's going on? And everyone shouts, uh, and Moxie says, you mean, that you, you mean I drive all the way from Liverpool with flies in my face to find that you're not sudden dead? And he says, well, I am dead. He says, at least the old Oz is dead. We're here to bury him and celebrate the birth of the new Oz. And he flips the little, uh, flips the little picture around yeah. and it reveals it's Leonard. And he goes, Leonard? <laughs> Dennis says, he says, you look like Lloyds Bank Employee of the Month. And Neb says, you're still a bollocks for setting us up. And, um, and Barry says, what kind of stunt are you trying to pull? And he says, lads, lads, how else was I going to get you all in one room at the same time? Eh? He says, is the Cockney not here? And Bomber says, wait. And he says, nah. And they go, nah. And he goes, I can't see I'm surprised. In fact, I'm amazed the rest of you turned up. Moxie says, we were hoping there was a will. And he says, aha, he says, a bit premature, Mox, but I am here to change all your lives. And Bomber says, ah. And uh, Oz says, wait a minute. Now, it's right what Nev was saying. There was no good about the good old days, was there? He says, but what, what was it that kept it all going, eh? And Neville says it was the thought that things might get better. And he says, absolutely. He says, now, can any one of you look me in the eye and say that it has? He says, I'll make an exception for Mr. Taylor there, given mm -hmm. the roller parked outside. And he goes, Bentley, actually, virtually identical to the Rose equivalent, but a bit more desirable. And Dennis says, it, it hasn't improved my life losing a day's dosh. And why in God's name did you drag our asses all the way down to smoggy land, eh? He says, why couldn't you have pulled this sick trick back up in Newcastle? And he says, there is a reason. Mm. So we cut and we see the, a little convoy of cars and they're on the riverside. And they all get out and in the background is the Middlesbrough Transporter Bridge. Mm. And Oz says, he says, the Middlesbrough Transporter Bridge designed by the Cleveland Bridge and Engineering Company of Darlington and opened in October the 17th, 1911 by Prince Arthur of Connaught. And Dennis says, what's our next stop? A guided tour of the Hamilton Hill Glue Factory. And I says, now, as you can see, there's great tracts of land on both sides of the river, just prime for development. And there's a big consortium already on there, already on the case. The only obstacle is this famous local landmark here. He says, now that's where we fit in, because we're going to pull it down and flog it for a fortune. 
And Neville says, eh? And Moxie says, are you on something, Ozzy? He says, nah. He says, I've sobered up, Moxie. And, he go, and Dennis says, what, you don't touch the sauce? And he goes, well, comparatively sober. And Neb says, you mean your drinking's not harmful to humanity anymore? And he says, aye, right. He says, I just stick to shandies these days and get mellow. You know, I don't get bladdered anymore and crackheads. And Dennis says, well, Britney's man will put things up we didn't knock them do. And I says, we can contract this out, man, Den. We be the gaffers on this one. And Neville says, it's monstrous, man. He goes, yes, it's monstrous, Neville. It's gargantuan. It's outrageous. That's the point. And Mama says, well, how do you know about all this? And he says, Jeffrey Granger. <laughs> so we cut back to the pub. Now, Jeffrey Granger is... Mr. Nighty. Yeah, Mr. Nye. Yeah. Um, so... Jeffrey Granger, Bill Nye, um, and he is a very, very prolific actor oh. and been in, uh, I mean, I mean, so many, 155 yeah. credits on IMDb. Mm. He plays this part very, very well. He's, oh, he's I mean, so slimy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's a fantastic actor. What a great, I mean, what a great actor. Um, but yeah, I mean, he plays this part to a T where he's just got that kind of face and attitude that you would never get tired of punching. Is that a normal politician, really? Oh, yeah, absolute <laughs> scum. Absolute scum. So, Jeffrey Granger, Bill Nye, 155 credits on IMDb. He's done the usual, Minder, Boone, was yeah. in Boone, Bergerac. He did a film with, he did a film with um, uh, Jimmy Neal and um, uh, I think, was it, was Timothy Spallett it called Still Crazy about a rock band? That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I tried to watch it. It was a bit shit, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, he was in Shaun of the Dead. Um, he was in Pirates of the Caribbean, Hot Fuzz, Doctor Who, uh, and Harry Potter, just to name a few. So, um, yes, he was, uh, you know, 155 credits, been there, seen it, and done it. Yeah. So he's, um, he's on the TV, and he's being interviewed by Gloria Hunniford. So, yeah, a bit of a uh, bit of a cameo by... Uh, the fantastic Gloria Hunniford there. Yeah, yeah. And she sort of says, now your story has been told many times, probably, uh, uh, you know, uh, partly, uh, uh, something in the tabloids. Uh, here we are, rising star in the political spectrum, beautiful wives, uh, social and cultural connections, and yet you threw it all away. And he tries to make a joke. She says, well, Gloria, I didn't throw it all away. I was caught. And she says, nevertheless, court prosecuted, went to jail. What would, what would you say overall was the worst aspect of it? And he says, lying to my family, to my colleagues in the house. He says, but as I've said on several occasions, it's not what I lost that counts, it's what I gained. And she says, which was? And he says, humility, moral perspective, and of course, God. Ugh. And so we cut back and the lads and, he, and Dennis says, so where did you meet this wanker? And he says, I was toed up with him in Durham, Nick. And, uh, and Moxie says, I either do a good breakfast up there. <laughs> and Barry says, you were inside. This was the old Oz, was it? Leonard. And he says, it was Barry. Aye. He says, reared his ugly head in a pub in Wall's End one night. Some geezer ended up in the hospital and I ended up in the Nick. But Granger, you see, Granger was a marked man from the minute the doors banged, banged behind him. You know, MP, privilege and all that baggage, you know, and I saved his arse one day. 
And Barry says, I take it you're not speaking metaphorically. Because <laughs> I'm not Barry. No, he says, in fact, I saved it four times in the first month. And Bomber says, so he owes you big time, is that it? He says, he does, Bomber, aye. And he's part of this big land deal consortium, you see. And he came to me because of that. Because of that, He said, Oz, uh, if you can put the right team together, you can get the contract for bringing down the bridge. And Neville says there's going to be a hell of an outcry. And he says, they'll, well, he says they'll build a new bridge, man, revive the whole area. And so Barry says, let me see if I've got this straight. We as an entity will be the contractors, yeah, not the hired help. And he goes, absolutely. Foreign labour, almost certainly. Mm. How much initial capital will we need? To lay out if you work that out and he says 75k and dennis you know is just dumbfounded by this number he goes seventy-five thousand pounds and he goes i just approve that we're bona fide you know he says when the job kicks off we'll get a draw from the developer and barry says mm, doesn't sound enough to me and moxie goes you what and dennis says not enough where would any of us get that sort of money and Moxie agrees, yeah. And, he, and Oz says, well, the bank or the building society or your granny's pearls. Listen, if you want it bad enough, you'll find it, won't you? He says, and then when the job's finished, we'll get a hefty commission on the sale of the bridge. Now, I reckon we'll be looking at something in the region of 250k between the six of us to do the sums. And at that point, Wyman walks in the door. Mm. And, um, <clears throat> and Oz says... <coughs> He says, yes. <clears throat> Wyman says, did I miss the memorial thing? He says, I didn't know it was this far. He says, I didn't know anything was this far. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. <clears throat> and Neville says, it was just a joke. Nobody died. And Wyman says, yeah, my dad did. You sent him an invite. Mm. And I says, let's have a look. And he says, it didn't have the right address on, but I got it in the end. And I says, you're never Wayne's laddie. He says, yes, my name's Wyman. He says, you can't be, man. He goes, I mean, look at you. You're, uh... Yeah. And he, he's obviously indicating the fact that Wyman's black. And um, and Barry steps in to save embarrassment. And he says, you're very welcome, Wyman. He says, did you say your dad passed away? And he says, yeah. Mm. And Barry says, how? And he says, he just died two years back. Mm. Freak heart thing, congenital, they said. Mm. And then Dennis says, that's a shitter. And Bomber says... So it is awake after all. And they eventually get the morn wanes passing. Yeah. So we cut outside and they're taking a picture and the kid that was guarding the car is taking a picture and he says, smile. And Neville says, good lad. And Barry says, all right, son. And he weighs him in for looking after the car. And Oz says, right, lads, you've got me number. Get back to me as soon, get back to us as soon as you can, eh? He says, I know there's a lot to take in in one go, but just remember, nobody ever changed their lives by thinking small. And Moxie asked Barry for a lift. He says, is there any chance for a lift? You know, just part of the way my bike's buggered. And Neville says, you cannot leave it in the river there, man. He goes, I thought you said you borrowed it. He says, I know. He says, but the bloke doesn't know it yet. <laughs> so basically, Moxie had stolen the motorbike. And Barry says, all right, come on. He says, cheers, mate. Anyway, so Wyman comes out the pub, everyone's left, the others have driven off and he's looking a bit lost. And, uh, and Oz just says, there's a spare cut at my gaff if you're stuck for a kick. And he says, cheers, that'll be cool. So they're inside Barry's car and Bomber says, Barry, he says, you're the tycoon, Barry. What do you think of the idea? 
And then Barry, you know, gets a bit high and Mikey says, well, I wrote more bomb. He goes, I must admire its impudence. Nothing wrong with that. Boldness, be my friend. Um, pardon the audacity. Henry V, I think. And Moxie goes, Shakespeare. And he goes, that's right, Moxie. He goes, I'm not stupid, just strange. <laughs> um, yes. And then uh, and then there's um, a car drives past and the bloke leans out the window and shouts, Tosser! <laughs> Um, because he's driving a Bentley and then Barry slaps <laughs> the forks up and he goes, yes, and you. And um, and Bomber says, so how much do you think we'll have to cough up each light? And he says, 10 grand plus change. And Moxie says, I haven't even got the plus change. So, yeah, we cut to Dennis and Neville on the way home and they're having a similar discussion. And Dennis says, 75 pissing grand. And he goes, huh? and he laughs and he goes, ah, easy. And Neville says he's right about one thing, though, we would all do with a boost. And Dennis says, you're all right, you've got your own business. He goes, I used to. People like you stuffed it. He goes, how do you mean people like me? He goes, you import ready-built buildings, Neville, and DIY freaks put them up themselves at the weekends. Where does that leave artisans like me? And he goes, artisans? He goes, dinosaurs more like. He says, this whole area used to be pit villages, man. Everybody would work for the colliery. colliery, colliery. Mm-hmm. He says, you know what they do now? And he says, what? All the men wear hairnets and pack airline meals. Everything's changed, Dennis. Deal with it. And um, we cut, obviously, to Oz's gaff and Wyman's walking down the stairs singing. And he's got his headphones on and Ori, and he comes down and takes the headphones off. And Oz says, sorry if your room's a bit basic. Kitty says, I've just moved in a couple of weeks ago. And uh, Wyman says, nice little village, quaint. He says, oh, aye, it's quaint. He says, I kind of get used to waking up with the sound of cows in the morning. Mind, I've woken up with a few in me time, like. <laughs> and he says, um, he says, I come here to get away from old habits and bad, he says, old haunts and bad habits, you know. He says, when I got out of jail, it was a case of get out, get me tools out, head down, arse up and graft like a black man. Mm. And then he realises he's put his foot in it. Um, and he said, well, that's just an expression, you know, compliment, really. So, was your father working? Where was your father working when he met your mother? Nigeria. <laughs> <clears throat> and then um, Whiteman says, <clears throat> piss off. He says, my mum's from Camberwell. He says, they met at a, co- a madness concert at the Lyceum. <laughs> so, Camberwell, George, you're the company. Where's Camberwell? Uh, we're sort of south, southeast London. Yeah. Um, not one of the one of the most nicest places, I must say. It's just beyond beyond Brixton. Yeah. It's um, uh, yeah, where's the it's, lyceum? Uh, it's quite a high crime area. It's um I used to go out with a girl who used to go to university, Camberwell, um and I oh I used to hate going up there to meet her. It was a bit of a nightmare. But, yeah. And where's yeah. the lyceum? Oh, I don't, I don't know. That. I mean, I only know the Lyceum that was in Covent Garden in the 80s. So but Yeah, that's probably it then, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I used to oh. go to the Lyceum, yeah. Yeah, it's Covent Garden. I don't, I don't think it's there anymore, but um, yeah. Anyway, it's so Oz night, says... Bit of a nightclub. Yeah? So, mm. Oz says, madness. He goes, I thought she must have been a Stones fan, a lumber you with a name like Wyman. He says, no, he says, I mean, you'd hardly idolise the bass player, would you? And he says, no, and he says, I think she wanted it to be close to Wayne, but without actually being Wayne. He goes, but my professional name's the Spin Maestro, though. And he goes, he goes, it's the what? He goes, the Spin Maestro, because that's what I do, spin. 
He goes spin, he goes DJ, he goes, all oh, right. He says, mostly around London, sometimes farther afield. He goes, I've never been around these parts. He goes, your father was up here once, just before we all went off to Spain. And he goes, well, that's why I came up here. He says, all you lot knew him, but I never did. And so we cut to uh, Barry's house. And so Barry's house is in, um, it's a private residence. Mm. Um, and it is in uh, Hertfordshire, if Andy uh, serves me correct. Let me just get the, I should really mark that page, shouldn't I? Um, so, yes, so um, the Barry's Gaff is in is a private residence in Radlett in Hertfordshire. Mm. So, yes, um, they, um, they obviously rented that in order to uh, film. So, mm. Barry is um, making drinks and the weakest link is on the telly. And so he comes back and he says, Huggy Bear, the usual Cosmo, Easy on the cranberry and for Caddy, martini straight up, couple of olives. And Caddy was Nostrovia. And um, and then Barry's clearly just, you know, as you said before. They don't want him there. They don't yeah, want him he's there. Clearly a, clearly a third wheel, an absolute spare one. And he's in the way. And she goes, Barry. And he goes, oh, sorry, baby. And he sits on the arm of the chair and he's like, fall, and like he slips back and he's just an absolute spare one. Yeah. And, uh, and, and he says, well, at least it was good to see old friends again. You should have seen their faces when I tooled up in the Bentley. And, um, and he says, see, and then he mentioned, he goes, see, all those years ago, they used to see me as a bit of a radish. Can you believe it? Mm. And she goes, buddy, we are watching this programme. And he goes, oh, sorry, babe. And, uh, and, he, and he sort of touches her neck and he's, she's clearly just not interested. Mm. And she goes, why don't you get your get for yourself something to eat and he goes well it doesn't seem to be much in the fridge actually <laughs> and so you know she's not you know she's supposed to be the wife and he's got all this money and she's not exactly fulfilling any of the wifely duties of you know yeah. um uh, you know she's obviously not working um you know yeah. so you would think that you know the division of labor within that house uh, would be that he brings in the money and she would yeah. go to the oh, shop she's but, busy doing other things yeah, yeah like well, we will find that out yeah, in, yeah, yeah. Uh, in the next episode. And um, and she goes, well, then call for a curry. She goes, I she goes, I have never stopped all day. And you're like, that, oh, really? Anyway, so Caddy then speaks in Russian, and he's obviously talking about the weakest link. And he goes, bye bye. And then he speaks more in Russian. And um, and then uh, and Barry sort of tries to join in and laughs. And they both. <laughs> Even though we don't know what the hell they've said. Yeah. Anyway, so then we cut. Now, we see a car driving up the road, and then we see the outside of Nevenda Homes, yeah, yeah. which is um, Neville and Brenda, Nevenda, yeah. um, at their office. Now, this is in Windsor. Ah. And not only is it in Windsor, it is on Maidenhead Road in Windsor, ah. and my friend lives on Maidenhead Road. Oh, right, I, yeah. My friend lives in Windsor Marina. It's a very, very nice area. And um, and I so used to know got, someone on the. Is there a there's a Windsor Road, isn't there? A Windsor. Yeah. Yeah, because I had a friend, actually, a, a girl I was going out with. It was her friend, and he had this huge, big, big house. In the Windsor Road, because a lot yeah. of the houses there are very plush. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Windsor's a lush area, obviously. It's where the Queen lives, George. Yeah, yeah, of course. So, yeah, but what this, so basically where this is, is, so you, you, I think you, so you're coming off, you come from Maidenhead or from Windsor, you go, like there's a road that connects Windsor and Maidenhead and you get about halfway down and then you, yeah. you turn off and then you're down, that's Maidenhead Road there. And you, you like my friend lives in the marina, which is down. But as you turn off and you drive down that road, on the right-hand side is a caravan park, like a mobile, like a, a static, a static yeah, yeah. mobile home park. You know, one of those things. And that is what they used for Navenda homes. So I'm around that area all the time. So the next time that I'm around that area, I shall take some photographs and put yeah. them on our social media pages. So basically, the VAT woman is there and she's grilling them. And she says, How many staff do you employ, Mr. Hope? And Brenda has got a right big in her fucking bonnet, hasn't uh-huh. she? And so Brenda says, Why do you assume that he runs the business? We do everything together. And Lorraine looks after the phones and the filing. And Neville says, It's mostly done on the internet. People order by email, and then the stuff is sent direct from the suppliers in Sweden, pre packed, ready to bolt together. And she says, and who looks after the VAT? And, she said, and he says, that's always been Brenda's province. And Brenda's, like, he's just basically thrown Brenda under the bus there. <laughs> and she goes, thanks for the blame shifting. Yes, we're behind, but we've been having to give three months credit just to stay competitive. And, um, and the VAT woman says, you are severely behind. And she goes, have you got any idea what it's like to run a small business with these margins and a home and raise three kids? Are you married? And Neville says, well, that's not really relevant, Brenda. And she goes, it is to me. And Neville, and that lady says, do you own your own home? And he says, and Neville says, less a couple of mortgages. We took the second one when we kicked off the business. And Brenda says, we haven't got a second home in the Algarve. We spent last summer in a rented caravan on Windermere. And Neville's like, Brenda, please, she's just trying to do her job. And she says, just because you haven't got the balls to face up to these people. And he goes, you were the one that bollocks the figures. <laughs> and she goes, that doesn't mean they can treat us like criminals. I'll put it right, okay? Or would you just like to lock us up now and throw away the keys? So we cut to Jeffrey Granger, who's obviously on a book tour. Yeah. So he's... um. He's sitting in a bookshop somewhere with a, a, a with a, a load of adoring fans yeah. poised on his every word. And he's reading an extract of his book. And he says, I still find it hard to describe what I felt when I went into prison. The banging of doors, the cries in the night, the smell of urine and overcooked cabbage. The most tangible, the almost tangible smell of fear itself. Yet I was more afraid of coming out into the sunshine of a hostile world. It was part of the price of starting over. And then he fakes up some tears. And he's like, I'm so sorry. And... um, and then he's he's signing, he's obviously doing the signings and he's yeah. got his head down and he goes, and who is this one to? And Oz is stood there and he goes, my to my dear friend Oz. Mm. And then we see the beautiful Sarah. Mm. And she's like, the, Well, what can we do for you? Kind of yeah, well, what yeah. can we do for you, Oz? And he goes, Oh, I could think of a few things, pet, but I'm gonna have to settle for a cup of tea with your boss. So they cut to the hotel. And it's Oz and Granger, and they, they, the, the, the waitress brings over 
um, uh, some tea. And Oz says, thanks, Pat. And, and Granger says, he says, well, I hope this bloody book sells. I'm still crippled with legal fees. And since the divorce, the wife got the house in Westminster. And Oz says, smoked salmon and bubbly. It's not exactly Skid Row, Jeffrey. And he says, this is all on the publisher's nut. And he says, well, I plumped me 20 quid, dude. He says, I'm no intention of reading it. Like, and he goes, well, I suggest that you at least peruse chapter 16, Talking to God. And he says, I've been too busy talking to the lads. And he says, oh, you have them. He says, they're set. And he says, virtually. He goes, and, you know, Granger's very much the salesman. He's, you know, he, he, go, he, he, he starts to take, he goes, well, virtually doesn't hack it, Oz. Mm. He goes, as soon as, the, uh, as, soon as the, as soon as the ink is dry on those permits, I want to start on the bridge. If you can't guarantee it, I'll have to go elsewhere. He says, don't sweat it, Jeffrey. I'm crewed up, all right. He says, yeah. And he shows them the picture. And he says, they look like mercenaries. Who's the Bentley belong to? And he says, ah, Barry Taylor, top man in his field, import, export with the Ivans. And then straight away, we can see Jeffrey's, we can see Jeffrey's, you know, true colours come shining yeah, yeah, yeah. straight away. And he goes, oh, so the money shouldn't be a problem then. And straight away, he's, all he's interested in is the money. So we cut to Barry's warehouse. And uh, so Barry's warehouseman is called Arthur. Mm. And again, he was... He's been in Minder, hasn't he? he he's was, been uh, in loads of things. He was Pongy or something in Minder. He was a good character in that. Well, I, I, don't know, I don't know the actual name of his character, but he's got 80... He's, he's dead now, the geezer, but he was, mm. um, he was, he's got 81 credits on IMDb. Uh, the Sweeney. Shine on Harvey Moon, Big Deal, London's Burning, Bergerac. He was in Boone twice, once in 1986 and once in 1990. Uh, Jeeves and Worcester, Press Gang, Lovejoy, Minder, The Detectives, The Upper Hand, Men Behaving Badly, Casualty, and The Bill. And he was in The Bill five times as five different people. Oh, God. So he's a he is a he is a you know was very much a, a you know a sort of a bit part actor. He's one of those guys that you know you always he sort of always plays like a, a scruffy landlord type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, yes, very recognisable, but never never sort of had like a major part. I don't think. Anyway, so he says, "Morning, Mister Taylor. I hope you're not planning to drive another forklift today." And he says, well, I get bored in the office. I'm very hands-on, me, Arthur. He says, I know, Mr. Taylor, but it was an awful lot of mess to clear up. And Barry says, this is what I love about our business, the way they, it unifies people of the world. Just think families in Azerbaijan will be eating pickled onions bottled in Walsall. It brings us closer together, doesn't it, Arthur? And he says, it does that, Mr. Taylor. So then they go outside and we see cars being offloaded. And, and obviously this is, you know, the opposite of what Barry was talking about. Yeah. And Barry quest starts questioning it. And he's, you know, again, Barry's clearly being taken for a ride. And he <laughs> says, what I still don't understand, Cad, is why we are bringing the Lardas back from Russia. He goes, for us to restore and renovate. He goes, I told you that you see, you, you see Barry Russian has great pride in his car and he no wants some shit job done in back street of Moscow. One week later, all paint fall off. No. And Barry laughs. And um, and he and then he obviously says to the in Russian he tells them to shut the door. 
and they, they start pulling the door out. And then the, the tannoy goes, and he, it's phone call for Mr. Taylor. And um, and it cuts, and Neb's obviously the one on the other end of the phone, but Lorraine throws Neville a curveball. And she says, I lost me virginity in Windermere. Oh. And Neville drops the phone. He's like, what? And she <laughs> goes, well, you know, you were saying that that's where you and your family went. And he goes, oh, all right then. And um, and she goes, it was in a tent. <laughs> and um, this obviously uh, gets Neville's brain working and Neville, Neville continues to ogle young Lorraine. Mm. And so Barry picks up the phone and says, hello, and he goes, Barry, it's Neville. And he goes, hello, mate. He goes, it was lovely to see you. I didn't get a chance to ask you, how's the lovely Brenda? He goes, oh, she's fine. He goes, listen, Barry, there's something I want to ask you. The, this idea of Oz's, is it feasible? I mean, maybe you should have a word with Granger, this Granger bloke. I mean, after all, you two have got a lot in common. And Barry says, well, not exactly. He goes, I haven't been to prison for fraud and corruption. He goes, no, he's like, you're successful, man. You speak the same language as him. I'm sorry to ask. I know you must be really busy. He says, well, no, no. He says, I can find the time for that. It makes a lot of sense, yeah? And uh, he says, okay, cheers then. And he says, okay, ta mate. He goes, leave it with me. He goes, I'll sort it out, ta for a bit. And... Um, and he puts the phone down. Anyway, Nev and Lorraine have a bit of a, a swap smiles. Nev's like, eh. Mm. Anyway, so we cut to Borough. And uh, Oz is on the side of the river. And he's waiting to meet what we find out to be the gangmaster called yeah. Orgo. And, um, and he goes, are you? He goes, you are Osborne. He goes, I. He goes, uh, and he goes, Yorgo. He goes, I take closer look. His big job. You need many peoples. Peoples, yeah. <laughs> you need many peoples. And he goes, well, I'm told you're the man that can provide them. He goes, there's no problem. I pay them. I find the beds. You pay me. All package. And he goes, I'll need a figure. Obviously, he goes, I work out. We discuss. And he goes, will your people be like legal? They will have papers. No problems. I think maybe 50 peoples. And he goes, where will they be from? And he goes, from everywhere. Why you care? He goes, uh, he goes I am from Macedonia. He goes, ah, oh, fine by me. He goes, as long as you're not from Sunderland. <laughs> and then we cut to the taxi office and Mr. Gupta is on the radio and he says, you have a pickup at 37 Bywood Road in Heaton, ASAP. And the driver repeats it and he says, copy. And then Dennis comes in and sits down. And he says, you look tired, Dennis. And he goes, I'm all right. He goes, you find it hard, don't you, doing a job like this. He goes, I'm not complaining, Mr. Gupta. He goes, no, I don't mean physically. He goes, I mean in your mind. He goes, I lived here 35 years. I know the tragedy of this area. It's full of men like yourself who have no place in the techno world. And he says, well, like my mate says, people like me are a thing of the past. That's a comforting thought when you're, when you're stuck, um, when, you're, when you switch off the light at night, yeah? And he goes, he goes, however, Dennis, I believe there is a line you don't cross. And he goes, what do you mean by that? Like, and he says, Tommy Rampton, maybe he thinks doing his filthy business from a minicab makes him less conspicuous. But when the police take him down and you are driving him that day, they will take you down too. And I wouldn't like to see that happen. So we, um, we cut back to Moxie. And again, you know, we're cutting and cutting and cutting. We're jumping from place to place. Yeah. And it's all laying the foundation of what's going to happen moving forward. 
And so the um, there's a car there, and uh, Moxie's walking past, and 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 who we very quickly discovers the, the the old Bill was Moxie, and he goes, "Which is it, drug dealers or cops?" And the copper holds up a police badge, and he says, "Pity I could have done with a pick me up." Mm-hmm. Anyway, so there we then cut, and Moxie's then inside the car, and he, he says, "Coffee, pizza." And he says, why aren't I in a dark room getting hurt? And the copper says, this isn't a pull, Moxie. Although I see from your file, you've got a bit of previous. Three convictions for arson. Now, I'm pretty sure that Moxie was on the run in Series 2 for the second conviction of arson. Yeah, yeah. So he's then had another conviction of arson after that. So he obviously, he would have, you know, he would have gone back. He would have been, I want to... I can't remember if they actually mentioned it at any point. Um, whether, like, obviously, he had to go back and finish his prison sentence that he was on the run from. Yeah, yeah. He's then obviously had another prison sentence. So, anyway, Moxie says, If this was about a fire, I didn't do it. I've been going to Arsonists Anonymous. <laughs> and he goes, How long have you been working for Mickey Startup? He says, Less than a year. And he goes, He's scum and we want him. He's making more money out of human traffic than arms running or drug dealing. And the second copper says, we wondered how you felt about wearing a wire. He goes, you're joking, aren't you? And he goes, well, you must hear a lot and see a lot. He goes, I work in the kitchens. I don't hang out with Mickey Startup. What's he going to tell me? We've got six Natashas coming in from Belgrade tonight, so keep it under your hat box. And and he says, it's not just girls. He's running the whole black labour racket for the north of England. And there we are. You know, Oz has just been to speak to, you know, the, the, the gang master. Yeah. And now that's tying in nicely with what we're about to find, with, with what Moxie's doing. Yeah. And he says, well, if you won't wear a wire, maybe you can get a bug in his office for you, and he, for us. And he goes, who do you think I am? Donny Sodden Brasco. <laughs> and then he picks up the pizza. And he goes, oh, hey, anchovies. And he throws the pizza down. And the old Bill says, well, one of his former bookkeepers came to tell us, uh, come to us and told us what's in his safe. She also told us how to get into the safe. He goes, could you do that for us? And then obviously, you know, the the idea of getting into a safe and getting his hands on some goodies is Uh more appealing. And he goes, well, he goes, if it's a question of civic duty. So um, we then cut to Neville and Brenda. And, um, And Brenda's all for the idea. And she says, I think we have to consider it. And Neville says, what, and risk our savings? And she says, well, maybe it's about time you had a bit of risk in your life, Neville. And he goes, I've always worked to reduce the risk in our lives, Brenda Man, for you and the girls. And she goes, well, it hasn't made you happy. You're depressed, negative, and I don't think it's just sexual. And he goes, where did that come from? And he goes, I've seen uh-huh. the way you look at Lorraine and our daughter's friends. And there's been there's not been a lot of activity in the bedroom. And he goes, oh, yeah. oh sweetheart, man, it's just because I... I just feel like I'm wading through treacle. And she says, well, we have to take a chance if we're ever going to get ahead of the game. And she says, that's the way it works, Nev. So we cut to the pub and it's Oz, Neville and Dennis. And Oz is, you know, relaying what's happening. He says, Granger's confident the board will pass the scheme. Final votes next week. And it's a seven-way split again. Wyman's young and rang up and he, uh, Wayne's young and rang up and he wants in. And Neville says, where's he got the money? And he says, well, he's a top disc jockey. Then make a fortune, apparently. And Dennis says, well, he'd be qualified for knocking down a bridge then. 
And I says, hey, listen, he's not my favourite Martian, and it's no secret I didn't like his father neither. He says, but if the kid's got the Wonga, he's in. Yeah. And, and uh, Neville says, well, Barry's the key, isn't he? And he says, is he? He says, maybe he'll get a bit more pregnant once he's met Granger. And um, and uh, Dennis says, do I take it? You're in, Neville. And he says, I says, I'm going to have to bite the bullet on the VAT, but if this works out, I can get everybody off me back. And I says, Bomber's come up with half of his so far, but he's got all he's got all them bends, hasn't he? So maybe they'll chip in for him. And Neville said, I wouldn't get my hopes too high on Moxie. And he says, ah, well, funnily enough, he rang last night and he said he knows where he can get his hands on some money. And Dennis says, you're all mad. It's a massive bastard job. Nobody knows shit about demolition. And Neville says, aye, but like Oz says, then where the gaffers on this? And he says, that's right. We've already spoken to the gang. And he says, I've already spoken to a gang master. And he says, a what? He says, a gang master. He's a bloke what rounds up your foreign labour. He goes, because it will be a load of Albanians and Yugoslavs that actually bring the bridge dune. He says, where on where the money on this one, then where the money? And Dennis flips. He goes, I haven't got any bloody money. He goes, How many mailbags did you have to sort to get your stake? And he goes, I got that through honest graft. He goes, actually, and he goes, he goes, actually, sweat of me brow. And he goes, when I got out of jail, I went back on the tools and I've worked six days a week ever since. And he goes, and you've saved 10,000 pounds. And he goes, no, he says, I fell off a scaffold and scored for eight grand compen. And he said, and mm-hmm. Neville says, what happened to the 25 grand payout you got from Ali Fraser? And he goes, that was 15 years ago, man. Two divorces and a new pair of shoes took care of that. And he goes, well, maybe Barry would say you're right. He goes, I'm not owing anyone. And Neville says, ah, oh, how are you, man, Den? We need you. You were always top man, the anchor. You kept us in line. And Oz says, I, Den, eh? And Dennis then admits, he says, every Tuesday and Friday, I drive a drug dealer around the housing estates and shopping centres. He says, why would I do that? Eh? Because it's my biggest payday of the week. The rest of the time, I work the graveyard shift, you know. Bigger tips at night, even though you've got to clean up after blowjobs and drugs. Because yeah. He goes, if I had 10,000 pounds, do you think I would be, this would, that would be my life? And he walks out the pub, drinks his drink and walks out. So we cut and we see <laughs> Barry and Tatiana and Granger oh, are in the it's restaurant. It's quite funny, actually, this scene. It's quite funny. Oh, and again, you know, like, you know, this just shows what Barry's like, what Tatiana's like, and especially what Granger's like, the dirty yeah, yeah. bastard. And so there's some lady comes over and Granger's signing an autograph and Tatiana sees this and she's very she's very impressed and she's like you turn some heads Mr. Granger and he's like and he's like Jeffrey please and she's like Jeffrey and he goes and, and he says the price of notoriety I'm afraid and Barry says well you've always been a public figure haven't you Jeffrey even before the disgrace <laughs> and obviously he brings up straight away and they sort of you know the, the looks across the table um, Jeffrey's not happy that he's Barry brought it up and he and, and he's and he says, Well, public life is what I chose from a very early age. I was MP for South Cleveland at only 28. And he says, Oh, really? He says, which I suppose explains my concern for the needs and hardships of the working people of Teesside. And then the waiter comes up with a bottle of wine, and uh, Barry, you know, shows the tells him to go and serve it to Jeffrey. He says, that what you had in mind, Jeffrey? He says, that'll do very nicely. Thank you. And then Jeffrey does a very poncy wine tasting. Yeah. And he goes, hmm. And he goes, everything all right? He goes, delicious. And he goes, good. And he goes, 
And, uh, and Tatiana says, you're like me, I think. You like the good things in life. And then he, you know, very flirtatiously says, especially having been deprived of them for a while. Mm. And, you know, he's basically just flirting with Barry's missus, yeah, yeah, yeah. right in front of him, not giving a fuck about what Barry thinks. And, um, and Jeffrey says, of course, being from Russia, I would imagine you've been deprived of many things yourself. And again, flirt, like just, you know, I, I mean, like that would, you know, someone was talking to my missus like that in front of me, you know, he'd get a smack in the mouth, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and and she says, no. And he says, no, no. And he says, and, uh, and then he says to Barry, he goes, how did you snag this delectable creature, Barry? And that's, you know, when someone basically comes up and says, oh, you know, your missus, you know, your missus is nice. Basically, just going. I want to fuck your bird. Isn't yeah, it? exactly. Like, yeah, like, you know. and uh, and he goes. Well, it's a long story. And Tatiana just puts the bar on. He says yes, which we don't have to DM. <laughs> yeah, now he goes no bit. He goes. So Jeffrey, this land deal. He goes vision, Barry. A vision of a community revitalized and rejuvenated. A phoenix rising from the ashes of waste and neglect. And a new bridge connecting a, a continual flow of people and traffic, which is why, of course, the old anachronism has to be pulled down. And Barry says, Oz says you've got to buy her for the bridge, because as I understand it, it would be the lad's big payday. And, uh, and then, you know, this is, you know, he doesn't do a very good job of obviously finding out, because you would want to know who's going to buy the bridge, but he just takes mm. Jeffrey's word for it. He goes, absolutely. And he goes, and incidentally, I would want no part of that. That's not what I'm in this business for. This is my way of giving something back. You know, so Jeffrey's trying to, you know, give the impression that he's some kind of philanthropist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's just, a, and he's a low down, dirty scumbag. And Barry's like, of course, I'm not yet personally committed. Do you understand? And he goes, uh, and he goes, and, and Tatiana says, well, maybe you should think of this, Barry. You go to the north, you see your yeah. friends, and like Tatiana, she wants rid of him. <laughs> ex exactly, exactly. She just wants him out the house and away. And um, and um, and Jeffrey says, "Do you take a keen interest in his ventures, Tatiana?" And she goes, "I advise, yes. Sometimes I say, Barry, don't go there with a badge ball." And he says, "Well, I do hope that we can rely on your upon your support." And he fucking, you know, starts touching her leg in that. Yeah, yeah. And Barry kind of clocks it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Barry clocks it and just says, no, you know. So um, we, cut to the, we cut to Barry's factory and obviously Cad and we see Caddy is unloading kilos of cocaine from underneath one of the cars. Mm. And then we Barry's car and they're driving and Tatiana says, why are we going this way home? And he goes, I like to drive by my empire. It gives me a warm glow inside, baby. And then he pulls up outside his, his, his warehouse and he says, what's your Range Rover doing there? And she obviously knows exactly what's going on. And she mm. thinks, she goes, Barry, let's go home. I'm tired. I have a headache. And she's like all acting badly. And then, um, and you see inside and Caddy's doing the usual, like the check, yeah. there, you know what I mean? And, um, and then the Russian comes in and obviously says in Russian, you know, that Barry's here. And, um, and he goes up he, and Barry says, what's going on, Cad? And he goes, hey, can you believe it? The more cars, more cars arrive. I have to offload or they stay overnight outside. It's no good. And he goes, well, it's very good of you, but it's a bit beyond the call of duty, mate. And he goes, take Tatiana home, Barry. He goes, good dinner. He goes, well, it should be. It cost a fortune. And he says, all right, mate. Well, don't kill yourself. Eh? So 
we cut to the club and Moxie is on his way, clearly on the rob. So, you know, uh-huh. he's gloved up with a mask and that, and he's, he's got the torch and he creeps to rob the safe in the office. And then he opens the safe and, um, and he nicks everything out of the safe. And, um, and then he's like, and then he goes, sod you start up, you scurvy tosser. And then he looks up and he sees the camera looking straight at him. Uh. And he goes, oh, shite. So we cut again, Newcastle Central Station. And Dennis pulls up outside and he goes to buy a Chronicle, which is the local paper in Newcastle. And he's, he obviously knows the, the paper seller. He says, all right, Alan. And Alan, the Chronicle seller, gives him a newspaper. And uh, on the front page um, uh, is the uh, article on the bridge. And then we cut to Oz's place and there's a big knock on the door and it cut, you know, and it continues to knock on the door and Oz comes down the stairs and Oz is wearing his usual lovely pair of white underpants. <laughs> and um, and he says, all right, all right, man. And then he opens the door and he goes, hello, Oz. He goes, he goes, sorry, did I wake you? He goes, where are you sprung from? He goes, Liverpool. He goes, how? He goes, by cab. Now, so he's got a taxi all the way from Liverpool straight to Oz's. You'd think he would have, you know, split the journey up. As mm. you know, like so, so the taxi driver can't grass him up to, to Mickey startup. I mean, he's yeah, yeah, yeah. For doing that, but anyway, he says, What are you doing here? He goes, Well, I told you on the phone, I'm in. He goes, So I brought me contribution. And he goes, Well, you're a bit premature, Mox. He goes, Deal's not closed yet. He goes, Well, fingers crossed, then, eh? He goes, Otherwise, I'll have to invest elsewhere. He goes, What have you brought a check? He goes, uh, No. And he opens up, Oh, George. Oh, George has done a runner there. Um, and he says, and he opens up. Oh, where did you go? Where did you just nip off to there? Oh, sorry, just <laughs> to grab something quick. All right. So we um so he opens up the bag and it's full of money. And he and Oz says, Hell's bollocks. He goes, he goes, he goes, you he goes, hey, you better stick that in the bank. He goes, I'd rather not. He goes, have you got a shovel? And so we cut to Mickey Startup's club. Mm. And it's Mickey Startup and his heavies, and one of them is called Addy, and we're going to yeah. speak about him next week. Yeah, he looks—he looked a bit familiar, that guy. Yeah. He's been in a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we, we are going to—we are going to uh, talk about him next week. Mm. And Mickey Startup says, "What are you doing?" And he says, "What? Why, boss?" He says, "You should be out looking for that thieving piece of turd. It's been two days now." And he goes, "We've combed the city, boss." He goes, "Get out, find him, and kill him, and then bring him here." And he goes, "Then I'll kill him." Again, and um, and then we cut back to Neville and Brenda, and it's on the telly, and it's uh, they're watching the TV show and they're talking, and um, it says, "Well, soon we'll be saying goodbye to a local landmark, following a decision by the Middlesbrough Development Corporation to go ahead with a Havisham project." And then the man says, "The unique transporter bridge, which has spanned the Tees for more than ninety years, and was featured in the award-winning film Billy Elliot." Now it has to go as part of the massive redevelopment scheme. The details of the venture were revealed today at a hastily summoned news conference on the banks of the River Tees in the shadow of the doomed bridge. And then it cuts and it's like, this is the historic day and a triumph for the area because with what the Havisham project is 
ultimately about is improving the lives of the people. Lord Wharfdale, some people think it's a shame that these that this scheme has been part of the ex, has, has, has to be at the expense of such a historic structure. And he goes, well, you can't create vital twin communities and link them with an antiquated ferry that will only take a dozen cars. So Debbie, Neville's daughter, says, well, what does dad know about pulling down bridges? And Neville says, nothing, Debbie, which I think is a point worth considering. Barry says, is there, is, well, and Brenda says, it's there on the television, it's happening. Someone's going to make a profit from it. Why not us? So we cut, and now we find out a potential, another secret, because Bomber is outside of a hospital. And mm. obviously it's clearly supposed to be a hospital in Bristol somewhere or something like that, but he's actually outside Heatherwood Hospital in Ascot. Ah. So... Um, he's on the phone and he's like, Kathy, it's your dad. And obviously you can hear her talking back. He goes, yeah. He goes, I'm at the hospital now. They took some more tests, changed my medication. He says, no, I'm still going up north, Kathy. It means a lot. He goes, it gives us a bit of, gives, it gives a bit of a point to my existence. There might be a bother to it. And, it, and the crack was always good. So we, you know, basically there's a hint here that Bomber's not very well. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, so Barry comes down the stairs in his mansion and basically the cleaners get in his way and he walks in and, and, and Caddy is speaking Russian to Tatiana and uh, he's wearing a jogging suit and she goes, Barry, are you going for a jog? And he goes, no, I've got business to attend to in the north, actually. He goes, and he, you know, he picks up a document and he goes, oh, baby bear. And she's, you know, she's basically covered his, one of his documents with coffee rings mm. and, um, and he's just, you know, most normal people would have the hump and he's that much under the thumb and Smith, yeah. he just says nothing about it. She goes, sorry, he goes, well, I better crack on, I better get changed, time's getting on. So we cut to the pub and um, and Oz is like, he says, right then, gentlemen, to the bridge. And uh, and he decks a shot. And, uh, and Bomber says, I thought you didn't do that anymore. And he goes, oh, it's only tequila. He says, I'm going to wash it doing with a calibre. And then ah. says, so what's the order of play then, Oz? And he says, well, first thing, he says, we'll get ourselves doing to Middlesbrough and get the paperwork signed. And Bomber says, I've got to hand it to you, Oz. You've got this all together and us. And they all go, nice one, mate. And, he, and Barry says, well, I have to say, you were the last person on earth I imagined being in business with. And Oz says, well, if it comes to that, you're the last person I ever thought would be a millionaire. Mm. And, he go, and Barry says, I can still see you in the hut, sitting on your bed in your monkey underpants, eating soup from a tin and cleaning your toenails with the with your trowel. And he says, it was a long time ago, you know, and, and Barry says, it doesn't seem that long to me. And, um, and, and Wyman says, you guys lived in a hut. And Mox says, yeah, we used to call it Stalag 17. And Wyman gives a blank look. And he says, we felt like prisoners of war. And Neville says, your dad fused the lights every other night, blow drying his hair. Mm -hmm. And uh, Moxie says, he did, didn't he? And, uh, and and Barry said, bit of a ladies' man, weren't he? And Wyman says, oh, yeah, yeah, I gathered that. And Barry says, I have to say, everything I know about women, I learned from your dad. And I said, well, that must have taken them all of 30, 30 seconds. seconds. And Barry says, well, you may laugh, wait till you clap your eyes on Tatiana. And Moxie goes, from the Urals. 
And he goes, one of you, and Wyman says, one of you is missing, no, apart from me dad, I mean. And Bummer says, lads, you're not wrong, and Bummer don't think it's right. So we cut to Dennis in his cab, running Tommy Rampton around. And he says, I want to get finished early today. The wife's opening up a new salon. Now, I don't know any drug dealer. Yeah. Now, you know, as we all know, George, you know, mm. I am now totally clean and sober for coming up yeah, to yeah. years. However, have experience of, you know, being in the company of drug dealers in the past. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, me and you both, yeah. And, um, <laughs> and, um, and yeah, and um, I don't know any drug dealer that drives, that goes around in a car at 10 in the morning serving up. You know what I mean? Mm. If you're not turning up to the pub when I'm pissed, you ain't getting my business. You know what I mean? <laughs> so anyway, it's a bit of a fucking, you know, misrepresentation of how drugs are actually dealt. But he says, I want to get finished early today. The wife's opening up a new salon. You have some guys on a scooter, don't you? Don't yeah. <laughs> and he says, uh, what sort of salon? And he says, you know, lasses stuff, cellulite, tannin, leg waxing. This is a third. Up in Hillbilly Land, concert. Can you believe it? And he goes, I expect it to do with the town up there. He goes, she's got a great head for business, says Janine. He goes, have you got a wife? He goes, I've had two. History now. He goes, I'm not surprised. I mean, look at the state of you. Have you got any kids and all? He goes, I don't see them much. They don't live in the area. He goes, Janine wants to send our lad to boarding school. And um, and Dennis, you know, he, he says, aye. He says, how many grams would you have to shift to put a kid through eating? He goes, he goes, you want to watch your mouth, Dennis? Just drive your mobile shit house and shut up, right? And then they cut, and Dennis has got a little bit of a little bit of a wry smile there. Yeah. So they cut to um uh, like so where they're actually driving around, yeah, now is actually in Middlesbrough, it's not in Newcastle, which is where it's supposed to be. Mm. And um, and um, so they um they 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 cut to Barry's car, and everyone's in Barry's car. There's six of them in the car. And uh, Moxie says, did you get this car on the drip, Barry? He goes, the what? He goes, the drip, Chucky, never, never, higher purchase. He goes, all right. Well, actually, he goes, I wanted to pay cash for it, but my accountant suggested it would be foolish to have so much capital tied up in a depreciating asset. And Oz says, hit a red light round here, it'll depreciate even faster. He goes, it'll have the, your wheels off quicker than a Formula One pit crew. He says, what, with six of us in the, in the car, surely? And he goes, not with six of us in the car, surely? Not. And Neville says, don't count on it. And he says, maybe they'll think we were a boy. And Wyman says, maybe they'll think we're a boy band shooting a video. And everyone sort of looks at him like, mm-hmm. and also says, try the next left. So we see Tommy Rampton and he's serving up gear in the house mm-hmm. estate. And the lads pull up next to Dennis. And Neville gets out and he goes, oi, oi. And Dennis goes, what's all this? And he goes, he goes, we're all on again, Dennis. The magnificent bomber says, we're all on again, Dennis. The magnificent seven. And Neville says, it wouldn't be the same without you, man. And then he says, look, I've told you where I stand. And Oz says, we're going to cover you. And he goes, that'll mean I owe six people. He goes, no, you won't. He goes, when we get our back-end bonus, what you owe us will come off the top. He goes, look, he goes, i got an all-day fare. And he goes, I kind of talk about this right now. And Oz says, ah, that's the dealer. He says, how come he's not tootling around in a Beamer? He lost his license for road rage. And, this, and then Tommy Rampton comes back and he goes, who's this lot? And Moxie goes, we're the drug squad. The Bentley's just a cunning subterfuge. Mm. And Oz says, why don't you just pay Dennis what he's owed because he's finished for the day? And he says, he's bastard not. He says, now piss off the lot of you. 
And Den, he says, Den, what does he owe you? And he goes, just leave it, Oz, will you? And, and Tommy Rampton goes, goes, Oz, he goes, is that the name? He goes, I've seen your ugly face around. He goes, so ah. you'll be easy to find. He goes, ugly? He goes, what does that mean? He goes, look. And Barry says, look, there's no reason to get unpleasant. And obviously Barry's shying away from a potential conflict. Yeah, as he does. Yeah. And uh, and Tommy said, Tommy Rampton says, it means if you dick with me, he says, then I'll eat your liver. <laughs> and Oz says, yeah. is that with or without the father beans? And he steps up in front of him, bang, <laughs> cracks him. And then Dennis is like, oh, hey, guys, there now where I live, man. And he goes, you don't live there anymore. You're coming with us. How are you? And he goes, and Barry says, get in quick. And he goes, you want to ride shotgun bomb? And, he, and Bomber says, I see the old Oz is still with us. And he says, well, he has to appear every once in a while, Bomb, <laughs> or else people might think I'm Cliff Richard. <laughs> and thus ends the episode and the, the, the theme tune cuts in, Way I Man by Mark Knopfler. And then we see the final picture is of Joe Sorkis back yeah. in Arizona. So the foundation is laid. The yeah. lads are back together and the job is on. And everything is moving forward. So the episodes are a little bit longer these days. They're actually yeah. an hour long now instead of 50 minutes. So, but there's not as many episodes in this series. So we will be probably rattling through, what is it, eight or 10 or something like that. Yeah. Um, so we're going to rattle through. But um, so again, just look, just to preempt any issues that we're going to have. So our loyal viewers and listeners, um, again, we are going to endeavour to continue getting our episodes out at Fridays at 10am, but yeah. um, with my new work commitments and George's changing shifts, you yeah. know, things may not be uh, as accurate as we are moving forward, but we mm. are going to try our very, very best to keep it on the regular. But if you've got any questions, queries, feedback or abuse about today's episode or anything else, our Vidazane pet related, you can email us on our Vidazane again at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at Vidazane again podcast, uh, Twitter at Alphagain. Please like and share the Facebook page, uh, Vidazane again podcast, and invite your friends to like. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel, Vidazane again podcast, and click that bell to alert you to any new episodes. But uh, if audio is your thing, we're on all good podcast platforms, Spotify, iTunes, and Google Podcast Breaker, many, many more. And like I say, new episodes will be endeavoured to be released at Friday at 10 a.m. But like I say, with work commitments, they may chop and change. But remember, our theme music is always composed and performed by the guitar man, Mr. Lee Dosky. So please do like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Remember our sponsor, Top Gun Tattoo, number 12, the Harris Arcade in Reading, topguntattoo.co.uk, or double one eight nine nine six eight six six seven. You get a 20% discount of any tattoo with Zach with the code Hadaway and Shiteman. And remember, a free Neville and Lottie tattoo for every single listener. And remember, the new giveaway competition is a twofold prize. One is the genuine signed picture copy of the lads in series two, and a Wayne Cockney air freshener to go along with that courtesy of the fantastic Mr. Graham Teasdale. Mm. And if you would like to purchase any of the, the same things that we give away, you can purchase them by adding Graham Teasdale on Facebook. So, 
that is it for this week, George. Yeah. Um, so I will get this episode out as quick as possible, and we will uh, be back next week yeah. with the uh, the beginning of the bridge job. Yeah. But until next week, George. Turn out for a bit. Oh, Peter's in. Peter's in bit. Oh, yeah, man, man, man. All out of options, nothing to choose. I've been down.